You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Draft Talk. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm here with Tyler Brooks. Say what's up, people, Tyler. What's up? We made it. By the time this comes out, it'll be draft day. It's draft Eve right now. Um, you know, I don't even know what I want for draft miss, but I'm pretty excited. Yeah, the night before draft miss. I, I don't even know what I want anymore because now people are saying George Karloftis isn't, is, isn't even going to go in the first round. So there's no point in, in jumping him at 22 or 28. People say Pickens. They isn't going to go in the first round because of off-field stuff. We could talk about that a little bit. Um, I don't even know what I want anymore, Tyler. I just want draft picks, you've, and I want the draft to be You've on. been gaslit. You've been gaslit on everyone you like being bad. Everyone, yeah, other than uh, Quay Walker. Quay Walker apparently may be top 20 pick now, which is – he's not going to be there at 20 now, or 22. Great. Fun how that works. Uh, this is – Draft Talk 9.0 presented by Acme Packing Company. Um, I wanted to start this one off. Let's have a positional draft. Let's pick you and me back and forth. Uh, we could say offensive line is one position. Defense will be uh, interior defensive line, edge rusher, off-ball linebacker, safety corner. Does that work? So number cool. one, uh, who, I'm taking it who off gets the wide board. receiver? Yeah. I'm oh, wow, you're one, going first. Number one. I'm going wide receiver. We'll snake draft this too. You get we get back to back picks. Kind of rude. Kind of rude. You don't let the you know guests pick first, but okay. Oh, I just took uh, the I easy one take. off. The, I'm giving you the actual first two takes. Well, I don't even think the second one's a take. It's soon immediately after linebacker. It's got to be edge, just because you only have two guys. You do not want Tepanaliai and Jonathan Garvin as your backups. So I'm going edge. Get some guys in there. Get another. You can get a pure pass rusher if you want. You can get an edge setter if you want. Just get some bodies out there, man. You need you need some upgrades. Uh, second thing, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go offensive line as a whole. I think with uh with Elton Jenkins recovering from the L, I just think he uses a little bit more depth there. I feel pretty strongly about finding a swing tackle guard guy like uh, Zach Tom, who I finally watched, by the way. He's good. I like huh? him. You liked him. Yeah, uh, held I, up pretty my well concern, against Jermaine Johnson, a alleged top ten. Shut pick. him down. My concern is if you kick him into guard, I'm not sure how much of a bully he's going to be on inside. But his hands are so good that he can at least like wall people off. Yeah. So and his pass pro is clean. I have no questions about pass pro. He moves really well. Yeah, he's one of the guys you can get in early enough that. If he's doing well enough in pass protection, he can at least stay on the field and, and develop, which is always the key compared to the run blockers who are 330 camp pass block for crap. And then you see they're just on the bench for their entire rookie contract and they just flame out in the NFL, never get a second look. Okay. I am definitely going with interior defensive linemen at four. Okay. That's a huge need for me, I think. Um yeah, I probably reached on the offensive line if we're being honest. But again, I like watching. But they the need linemen. bodies. I mean, offensive yeah. line. They have what? They have seven guys. Like they have. They're they're going to draft two guys in this draft class that are going to make the team. Period. Like the the whole. Not only are they going to make the team, one of them's going to be a star, and he's like a fourth round pick. Yeah, I'll take defensive line, and then I guess I'll go inside linebacker or off ball linebacker. I guess yeah. is the best way to say it. Um. Okay. I do think they could get another starter next to Devondre. This is where I want to pitch you on something. Okay. Um, let's say the Packers address one of these earlier needs. Let's say they get a wide receiver or an edge at 22. Nicobe Dean's there at 28. Would you take him? So I actually, I like the fit specifically in Green Bay. So if you get Dean there, I think you're playing a whole lot more nickel fronts, right? We saw the Penny stuff last year, which – we talked about a lot on this podcast, but the penny stuff is basically uh, a nickel defense in terms of the defensive backs. 
but the front is like a three, four defense minus an inside linebacker. So you're not taking out an interior guy on the defensive line. You're taking out a linebacker and they had, you know, Campbell play sideline to sideline. I think with the way Dean plays and if you're allocating resources that way, you're going to have to rely on the linebackers more um, in terms of like blitz coverage and stuff like that. And also blitzing. I think it works with how big Campbell is. Um, you know, you watch that Georgia defense, they had to have a guy like Quay Walker in there to kind of open stuff up for Dean, which is kind of his knock is that, you know, he's not a very big dude, but he's a great blitzer, plays with his hair on fire, all that stuff. I would understand it. It would just be like, let's make sure the defense is framed and going in, you know, this direction now. Cause I, I think it would stop being a three defensive line front, really. Yeah, I think that's a really fair point. I just, when I think about it, He's just such a different player than Devondre, but like what he brings to the table, especially if you're thinking about well, that's overall value. A good, that's a good thing to me. Yeah. Like Nicobe yeah. Dean, you can't have two Nicobe Deans playing next to each other. It just, it just doesn't exactly. work. That's why I think the fit is just so, yeah, it's so clean because it's just two different types of off-ball linebackers. And again, just from a pure value standpoint, as far as a prospect at 28, I don't think you're going to find many better overall talented players than Nicobe Dean if he's there. Right. And it seems like teams have fallen off. It seems like he has like just little things on, on his medical, like doesn't seem mm -hmm. like there's any big overarching, like it's not like the Justin Ross thing where you're hearing like he's throwing medicals because of the neck or Andrew Booth where, where they're like multiple surgeries to a sport turning. It's not one thing. It's just like, ah, he's kind of dinged up and he's kind of small. And, and that's why he's yep. falling down draft boards right now. Um, do you want to make more picks? Still got tight end uh, sure. on the board. Yeah, I would go tight end. Um, Darren Waller, I would prefer than any of these rookies. We'll talk about Darren Waller after this. I have many we, thoughts. Yeah, please do because um, yeah, I I I heard it and it was one of those like stop what you're doing, just go. Just took take a second to think about it and immediately bought in to the possibility. But that's me hearing any talented playmaker at this point. Tight end, and then who have we not picked? Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Field. I'll do. I'll do third safety. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know yeah. that works for me. Um, I think a corner. It's not a pressing need. It's a it's a future need. If maybe if you don't pay guys, which you should. Right. Uh, corner running back last position for you to pick his quarterback um safety seventh on our board a lot of safeties being mocked to the green bay packers i don't understand it um the packers have plenty of cap space next year to extend amos to uh pick up the fifth year option of savage and potentially work it down to a long-term extension if that's something that they want to do people say they want to use that third safety a lot you're not going to be in dime a lot right and if you're in nickel jair is your your slot corner you just spent a first round pick. And he's gonna be awesome at it he's you just spent so a first round it. pick on eric stokes you have rasul douglas you just paid on the outside i don't understand where people think they're gonna use this third safety other than on third and longs we saw it last year they they used henry black on on third and six plus because that was their dime defense and they stopped doing that in the Baltimore Ravens game when they started using Kevin King on the inside to match up with some of those bigger bodies. I don't understand where the safety need comes from. I, I understand you thinking, okay, maybe we're going to draft a guy right now so that we don't have to pay Amos all this money. I don't think Amos is going to break the bank. Do what, what kind of a contract do you no. think Amos is going to get? He's not getting 15 million per. No, absolutely not. He's a, he's a guy that does everything well, but he's not a transcendent superstar at the position. And I think if, I think if people paid more attention, I think he'd get a lot more national media recognition because he's so solid, but he's flashy. I just don't get it. They have basically three guys they need to pay next year. The cap is going to jump up like crazy starting next season. They have cap space already. It's Gary. It's Savage. It's uh, Jair. It's Amos. Pay the defensive back. I don't know. It's that easy. I don't know, man. I was told by experts on Twitter that the salary cap's actually bad and that you should not sign good players because of money. It, it, enough. I want a ring. <laughs> I want a ring, damn it. 
this team is like not going to exist post Rogers. I feel like there's no. still some fans who haven't accepted that necessarily. Like it is going to be scorched earth at the end of this. So, so let's just maximize it. Why, why are we drafting a safety to teach him the ropes? Like, I, I don't get it. Um, By the time the Rogers saga is over, if you take a safety in the first round, he's going to have like one, two years left on his deal. And then you're not going to, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. That. Um, Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel dropped all the other uh, visits, by the way. So we could talk about those type of guys. Um, interestingly enough, he did not include uh, John Thompson, the cornerback from Texas, and Sam Williams, the Ed Rusher from Ole Miss for some reason. He had 28 of the 30. I think we have the other two, and now we have 30. So to recap, guys that have come into uh, Green Bay that we've talked about, you can read all the write-ups on these guys. Uh, up on the site if you just kind of look it up um, we had individual uh, posts for all of these guys Traylon Burks wide receiver Arkansas Sam Williams Ed Rusher Ole Miss Tyquan Thornton wide receiver Baylor Velas Jones wide receiver Tennessee George Pickens wide receiver Georgia Don- John Thompson cornerback Texas Eric Johnson defensive lineman Missouri State Tariq Carpenter safety linebacker from Georgia Tech Samari Toure wide receiver Nebraska Devontae Wyatt defensive line Georgia Abraham Lucas, tackle, Washington State. Christian Watson, a, a favorite of uh, Packers Twitter, wide receiver, North, North Dakota State. Perry on Winfrey, defensive line, Oklahoma. Bam Olasini, who's the massive uh, 26-year-old uh, from London, tackle, Utah. Jaquan Brisker, safety, Penn State. Rashid Walker, tackle, Penn State. And Kevin Atkins, defensive line, Fresno State. So those are the guys that we knew last time, right? We, we had talked about these guys throughout the podcast, all that. Here are the new guys, 13 of them. Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver, Nevada. John Fitzpatrick, like that. Georgia. Tyler Smith, offensive lineman, uh, Tulsa. Arian Kennard, offensive lineman, Kentucky. Ed Ingram, offensive line, LSU. Drake Jackson, edge rusher, USC. Tyron Johnson, edge rusher, linebacker, Kansas. So those guys are all draft picks, right? Those are guys that are all expected to go on draft day. And then kind of like the UDFA recruiting guys that I would keep an eye on. Jack Cochran, linebacker, South Dakota. Benji Franklin, cornerback, Tarleton State. Greg Jr., cornerback, Olachita Baptist. Never, I don't know even what division that is. Deron Bland, cornerback, Fresno State. So a second Fresno State defender. John uh, DeLance, offensive line, Florida. And Jameer Johnson, offensive line, Texas A&M. So we're going to focus on the draft pick type of guys in this. Dobbs is a guy we talked about really early on in the process. He never yeah. ended up running. Mm-hmm. Um I believe he had uh, a foot injury. I believe that's why he never ended up running. Um, he's interesting because he definitely is like high weight speed. It's all there. Uh, back-to-back, you know, 1,000-yard receiver at Nevada. They played in a wide-open air raid system. Um, really like as old-school air raid as you can get. I mean, he's lined up, you know, near the sideline, not doing a whole lot of blocking. When you look at the run game stuff, um, effort maybe isn't necessarily there, which is, you know, ha- half of it, you know, in terms of uh, run blocking and stuff. So I don't know how he necessarily fits in that way, but I could see him fourth, fifth rounder, you know, if he's available, maybe the second guy, the Packers draft, uh, you know, at wide receiver, just to add a little bit of speed, depending on who they go in the first. Doesn't he have experience as a return man as well? Oh yeah. First, uh, I believe his first touch in college football was like a 90 yard return touchdown. He was like a triple option quarterback, if I remember right, in high school. Uh, did something like scored eight rushing touchdowns in a single game. So yeah. he, he was a com- convert to the wide receiver position, you know, late. Um, another guy, John Fitzpatrick, tight end Georgia. He was the guy you can look up on Pro Football Focus if you have access to their uh, grades and stuff like that. You know, he was second you know, in this draft class in run blocking. I talked to some Georgia fans like my buddy Chuck. They all say the same thing. Like he's made 12 starts last two years. That's what he does. He's a run blocker, six, seven, uh, North of two sixty. didn't run declared early for the draft. Didn't get invited to the combine. Uh, didn't, didn't run at his pro day. Maybe that's why they brought him in. You know, a lot of these guys, right. It's like incomplete data in some sort of way. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of people say that he's, you have him ranked as like an undrafted guy, but from the people I've talked to, it sounds like he's probably going to go sixth, seventh round or be a very high okay. priority free agent. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's a late round pick. Um, the Packers are looking at him wise. I can tell you that for a fact. 
Um, so they're looking at, think of it as like the replacement for Mercedes Lewis, which based off of his age, yeah. shouldn't, shouldn't be much of a surprise, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's not the like number zero massive human being tight end that Georgia had, right? No, 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 no. That, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a different guy. That's uh, Washington. See, that's the yeah, thing. Is like right. I, I saw him on the invite, and I'm like, I know two tight ends from Georgia, and it's not this guy. But this guy started <laughs> yeah. 12 games? I don't remember this guy. And then you look at it, and you're like, yeah, he had like 12 receptions, 200 yards, one touchdown in his whole career. All he did was block. He's an unbalanced right tackle. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. I get it now. Um, we'll talk about these offensive linemen in the group, I guess. Tyler Smith. Uh, tackle Tulsa, Darian Kennard, tackle Kentucky, Ed Ingram, uh, guard for LSU. Tyler Smith is 21 years old. I mean, he declared as a redshirt uh, sophomore, did not play his first year much uh, at Tulsa, still got under those five games and was able to take a redshirt, then made uh, freshman All-American in the COVID-shortened season 2020 and was all AAC this past year. Um, meets all of the Packers, you know, athletic score stuff. I think a lot of people think that he can play guard too at the next level. So he's an interesting guy that like feels like a Packers pick, right? Like he's a guy yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's still there at 28, if he's the pick. Um, I know a lot of people have the opinion that he's actually like the fourth best tackle in this class. Um, you have the top three guys at the top, right? Like you have uh, Evan Neal out of Alabama, Iki Iquanu, NC State, Charles Cross, from uh mississippi state and then it's a teardrop right and then it's kind of a binary of like are you a trevor penning guy or not and then it's the next tier and at the top of the next tier are guys like tyler smith so i could see that being i would kind of be surprised if he was the 22 pick but i wouldn't be surprised if like they even if they moved up from 28 for the guy just based off of you know how big of a need offensive line is I'm I'm behind on all the Packers. I finally got to Zach Tom, but I haven't gotten to Tyler Smith. Uh, everything I'm hearing is good, though. Again, yeah, you mentioned age, and again, the big one for me is positional versatility. If he's a guy that can come out and play right tackle until Elton's fully healthy, and then you can kick him into guard, like sign me up for that, um, especially that age. So I'm hearing a lot of first round buzz. Um, I don't have an opinion, unfortunately, on just because I never got around to watching him. But uh, if they if they pick him, you bet your ass I will. Yeah. Uh, Darian Kennard, big guy, uh, former five-star recruit out of Ohio, uh, spent some time in Tennessee too, turned down the volunteers, teams like that, was a U.S. Army All-American, basically just locked down the side of the offensive line with Kentucky uh, the past couple of years. Not a super athletic guy, but he did just come out of basically the same system. Like the, the Rams just hired Kentucky's offensive coordinator after he had spent time with the Rams. Um, they ran the same, you know, outside zone duo boot action like all that stuff so i think he would kind of be a plug and play type of guy at you know right tackle or guard a lot of people project him to guard but he he hasn't necessarily played there he's interesting and then ed ingram from lsu kind of meets all of the packers threshold stuff but he's only played guard he has played both left and right guard the big thing with ingram he is definitely an off-field red flag guy um he got he got charged i believe with sexual assault, uh, was a full-time starter as a true freshman at LSU, was suspended his entire, like, what would have been his uh, true sophomore season, um, was reinstated 2019 when the LSU Tigers went on that title run. He was basically, like, on the bench that entire year and brought off for, like, injury, regained uh, his job as a starter in 2020 and 2022, or t- 2021, um, was all SEC those two years that's the kind of big red flag on Ingram. Like no, no one doubts kind of the ability. He'll probably be, you know, uh, average to above average NFL starter as a guard, but that's the red flag there. That, that doesn't sound great. Um, yeah. I haven't watched either of these guys as well. I do know with Kennard, Um I know people don't want to hear about it on our podcast because we've gotten uh, comments about it, uh, but he came on with some very strong opinionated political views at the combine. Uh, Kennard did so. Um, oh, I know at, some Packers fans might like him. I think at the Senior Bowl, he wore the uh, Trader Joe's shirt. I, be- yeah. I believe that's what he did. Yeah, he he has strong opinions. Um, would would fit in uh, with the Packers uh, locker room, I think. Um, as far as the low end of guys. Uh, on this list, Drake Jackson, 
edge rusher USC. Not, I don't know why I said low end the guys. He's 21 years old. Um, his best film came as a freshman when he was 270 pounds. He got COVID, weight dropped a lot, and then USC switched schemes and were basically like, hey, how about we start using you as a guy who plays in a two-point stance as a pass rusher instead of in a three-point stance. Ended up playing at like 240 the past two years. Um, didn't have the best film. Was all Pac-12 all three years, though. Is interesting. So he was 250-something at the combine at his pro day, he was 270 something. He ran a okay, 7.09 three cone, never ran the 40 yard dash off of uh, a choice. It's not like he's been hurt, but that's a really good three cone for a guy that size. And again, that's probably the most important drill for an edge rusher. If he's getting back to his early career size, the guy I compared him to was like Aaron Lynch. Do you remember Aaron Lynch coming out in like his college career? Where South Florida, right? Yeah. But like his freshman yep. year, he was playing heavy at Notre Dame and people were like, this dude might be like JJ, the next JJ what? And then he slimmed down, played at USF, um, got drafted, didn't do very well. And then got to a bigger weight and then started playing better. If you yeah. already can get Jackson to playing at 270 at 21 years old, he's a guy I would say is maybe a sleeper pick for the Packers at like 28, because you get into that range, the edge rushers left, right? We always talk about age with the Packers, right? The edge rushers will probably be available at like 28, depending on if they do or don't like Karloftis, which is like a whole other thing that like I don't even understand. So I don't even know if I want to talk about it. Is like Ebiketti, who's already 23, Mafe, who's going to turn 24 in season, and then Paschal, who I believe is 23 turning 28 um, with the way you know his cancer went, and then uh, he got an extra season because of COVID and all that stuff. So Jackson is like the young athletic rusher who might be there. And we've seen the Packers take some swings at guys like that before. So I would not discount that, even though he's projected as a second round pick right now. I would need to go back and watch that freshman tape. Cause I, uh, I watched him when he was smaller. And the one big issue I had is that he just didn't really generate any, you know, push when trying yeah. to like power rush or sit the edge or anything like that. So I wasn't as high on him but you can see a lot of the pass rush around the edge. So, you know, if he does get a little bigger, I am, I am interested in that. So maybe I'll have to go back again. If this is ends up being a Packers pick, I will go back and watch the freshman tape. Um, I like the bigger guys. You know, I think, I think I'm definitely more biased towards the guys that can, you know, both stop the run and rush the passer. So um, I'd be interested in it for sure. Um, especially I did not know that three cone time. That's honestly kind of wild, especially if he added all that weight. That's insane. Yeah. The last guy, Kyron Johnson, linebacker, Kansas. He played basically defensive end this past year at Kansas, but has played a little bit of everything. He's played off-ball linebacker. He's played in the slot, all that. Um, six foot, 231. I don't think anyone expects him to actually be an edge rusher at the next level. I think people kind of look at him as like a uh, really special teams contributor that you hope to figure out like where he's going to end up shaking out. So like he had uh, – 39 and a half inch vertical. He ran a four, four at, at his pro day. Um, good shuttle, good 10 yard split, good broad jump, average uh, three cone, all that stuff. So he's a good athlete, small undersized guy, even for a linebacker when he's transitioning from defensive end was not invited to the combine is a little bit of an older guy had all those numbers at his pro day. So he's a guy I think is probably going to go late rounds, six, seven, somewhere around there. That team's going to look at like, Hey, you're big enough to play punt protection, right? Oh, you're, you're fast enough to play kickoff team. Okay, you can be available for us on our 46, and we can kind of figure out, like, where you fit in as a defender. Maybe you're just playing dime inside linebacker, and we're subbing out, you know, uh, whoever it is, Barnes, whoever it is, uh, next to uh, Devondre Campbell, right? Like, maybe that's just your role. You're, you're the Joe Thomas, Oren Brooks type of guy, but you're at a discount relative to where Oren Brooks was, like, I think that's kind of what, what his role is going to end up being at the next level. Joe Thomas. Packers Joe Thomas. Not a name I've heard Packers of Joe in, Thomas. in quite a while. And, and Cowboys. But wasn't there a couple of weeks where we thought he was going to be something and then he didn't? He was okay as a dime linebacker. He was okay as a dime linebacker and on special teams. Sometimes that's all you need to do to make a team. Um, in terms of the count, so the Packers had 30 visits. You're allowed to have 30 visits each draft class. Again, 28 got released by Silverstein. Um, two, we believe we had caught on that he missed. 
the counts, offensive line, eight, receiver, seven, interior defensive line, four, corner, four. And then I split two of the players who are like hybrid guys, right? We already talked about Johnson. The other one is Tariq Carpenter, who's a 220-pound uh, strong safety who's being worked out as an uh, inside linebacker. He did that at the Senior Bowl. So we have two-and-a-half edge defenders, two off-ball linebackers, one-and-a-half safety, and only one tight end. I think that's a little bit surprising. Um, that, that one is odd. That one surprises me. The wide receivers is good. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of day two, day three guys. Um, the one I keep hearing a lot is Tyquan Thornton. Uh, it's a potential. I just heard today, I think ESPN's Jeremy Fowler said day two pick for Thornton. I believe it. Um, I've talked to some people who are close to Thornton and kind of believe that they believe the interest in Green Bay. I believe one of the Packers top uh, executives visited uh, Baylor for the pro day. Um, John something he's got. It, it's like one of the two name things. Um, I, okay. don't, I don't want to mess it up. Uh, but some, <clears throat> someone was there who is important to watch him. So I wouldn't be surprised there. They also mentioned uh, the UVA tight end, right? That was the other one that got brought up. Jelani. Yeah. Jelani, yes. which is another one that I've heard. So basically let's, okay, let's take it to break. We'll talk about the wide receivers, tight ends, what they might do at 22, 28, what I think is going to happen at the top of the draft. Uh, and we'll catch you guys on the other side. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. Start with tight ends. We just talked about Jelani Woods. I really do believe the Packers are going to come out of day, th- day two with a tight end. Um, who that tight end is, is going to depend on how the board shakes out because round three is really where that run of tight ends is going to be. I think Jelani Woods has a chance. I think uh, Kate Outen, I believe is how you say his name. The Y from Washington has a chance. Uh, Rucker, the tight end from uh, Ohio State, who's probably – I think if not for injuries and if he was able to test all the way would probably be the top tight end in this class actually over yeah. McBride. Um, and then uh, the other guys, I guess, uh, Greg Dulcich, who is thought of as like a pass catcher. I thought he was more of a, you know, F or H or whatever you want to call him, like the Robert Tunyon type of dude. Um, but I guess they think uh, he can play a little bit of Y and he can develop into that role. So I would look at those guys as guys that they could potentially get you know, third round, if they aren't there, Jake Ferguson in the fourth is the name I would underline, highlight, circle, all that stuff out of Wisconsin. Um, he can do it. But more importantly, I want to talk yes. about Darren Waller. Let's talk about Darren yes. Waller. Okay. So this has been interesting. Um, if you haven't kept up with the news, she said TV's Aaron Nagler broke a report that said, you know, two league sources said the Packers are still interested in trading for Darren Waller. Now, you might think, huh, that's weird. Weren't those two teams just involved in another trade, Devontae Adams? Why couldn't they have just done it then? I was told in March that Darren Waller was originally part of the trade for Devontae Adams. 
It was going to involve the 22nd pick and Darren Waller in exchange for Devontae Adams. Here's the problem. They sent it to the league. The league said you can't do that. Why would the league say you can't do that? There is technically in a rule in the new CBA that says you cannot ha- trade a player who is franchise tagged but has yet to sign his tender for another player. So Devontae Adams did not sign the tender. Now you could say, wait, why wouldn't Devontae just sign it? Think of it from Devontae's perspective. If you were Devontae Adams, would you rather want to play with a, with a you know, what they, end, they ended up swapping the second round pick for Darren Waller, right? Would you rather want to play with the second round pick or Darren Waller, Tyler? Darren Waller is going to take so much pressure off of you. Yes. Yes. So why would Devontae do that? So that happened on that Monday, right? The, the, Monday, of, the Monday of the Devontae Adams trade. The original counter offer by the Raiders was the first, their first round pick and their third round pick. The Packers didn't take it. They said, no, we'd rather have Darren Waller than third round pick. Get out of here. Like, we're, we're, we're not going to do this. Trades off. It took until Thursday for the compensation to go from a third round pick to a second round pick, which ended up getting the deal done. Okay. That's, that's the full story. What I didn't know, I didn't know the Packers were still active in the Waller market because they had, they, uh, I believe that weekend, that Saturday, right? So timeline. Monday, they agreed to the trade that involved Waller. Got sent to the league, told they couldn't do it. They had to figure out new compensation. They argued about it until Thursday. Thursday, they came up with a compensation of a first and second round pick. Got the deal done. Saturday, they signed Robert Tunyon. Okay? So my thought was, okay, they have their, like, pass catch and tight end. Obviously, he's not going to be available early on in the season. He's going to start the season on the POP list, all that stuff. But they have that guy. I didn't know they were still involved in it. If there is a trade, I would assume it would be that second round compensation right back for Darren Waller. Darren Waller also, because I see this brought up a billion times, people saying Darren Waller is one of the best contracts in the NFL. Why would the Raiders want to trade that? Darren Waller is asking for a new contract. Like that's part of this deal. That's part of why the Raiders would move off of him. He's going to ask, he's making something like $6 million cash per year. The next two years, that's what he has remaining for the contract. He's going to ask for what what uh, Kittle just got, you know, even though he's off of injury, right? So he's going to ask for fifteen million per plus guarantees. So it's not I, I as think simple worth as it too. switching the deals. Yeah, I, think- I mean, I would like. I mean, Darren Waller. So we looked at the stats. Um, I sent it to my buddy uh, Seth Galina, who can actually like tweet out the stats because he's you know he has PF- PFF, so they can't sue him or anything. Uh, <clears throat> the only guys who played more X snaps, which is, you know, isolated, you know, wide receiver by himself than uh, Darren Waller were Travis Kelsey, who's functionally a receiver. Um, what's his name? The dude from Atlanta, Kyle Pitts, uh, who's functionally yep. a wide receiver and Mike Gusecki, who's functionally a receiver. So if you want to figure out a way how to get a receiver for cheap, it's by paying a tight end who actually plays wide receiver, right? You're getting a $10 million discount for what Waller's asking for relative to what what uh, Devonte Adams is asking for. So if you can get a first round pick and save ten million dollars, that's the way to do it, right? Also, you're that completely changes the draft strategy, in my opinion. It completely deprioritizes trying to get a wide receiver early because you <laughs> basically have your wide receiver one. You have Darren Waller. Um, I just think it would be perfect if instead of giving them back fifty three, you just gave them fifty nine instead in a trade, just to be petty. I, I'm, I, uh, I'm not sure, like. They might be arguing. I could see them arguing like the first offer was a third, right? So yeah. your initial reaction was, oh, we replaced Waller with a third. How about I just give you a third? I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like a second and getting back a fourth or something like that. So it's not like you're giving the pick right back. We'll see. I mean, we're recording this on a Wednesday. That would be a trade that involves uh, picks on Friday, right? I mean, at the latest you can make that trade is probably Thursday because you still need him to pass a physical before you go on the clock, right? To make sure that you yep. those you you can't put uh you can't put the milk back in the jug, right? Like yeah. let's say he comes in, he is coming off an injury, right? Let's say Waller doesn't pass a physical, the Raiders already spent the picks. Now what the hell do you do? You're just out picks. Like the the deal was done. So you gotta get some of these trades done earlier than draft day which is why you see very few players moved on draft day you know in the nfl relative to like the nba where like the guys aren't 
actually being traded as weird as that is like the picks aren't being traded it's like the rights to the players for some reason i really enjoyed that uh Derek carr uh, said there was no chance despite this all trade technically already being tried to be pushed through and then so i responded to it with a meme and he blocked me just because that guy can't take any criticism ever jeremy fowler said that like there there were no trade talks like it was not agreed to it was sent to the league was, the yeah. had to remind the general manager of the Raiders and the Packers that there was a rule that banned this. That's how it came up. It wasn't one of the GMs saying, oh, yeah. wait, actually, we need to think about this. The league had to remind them. So you can't tell, like, whatever the technicality is, like, they, they get it to their desk and they say, hey, we're not even going to file this, like, whatever it is. They had agreed on that trade, period. That's the truth. Yeah. Point blank, period. Yes. I have sources on that. It confirms everything that that Nagler said. It's true. Period. That's it. Um, wide receiver. I'm. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. I got really caught up in all the Taron Waller talk. Yeah, wide receiver. I really think there's a chance they don't go wide receiver in the first round. I really yeah. do. And that do. That's even if they make two picks in the first, right? I, I think they can go. We just listed all the positions, right? Edge rusher, offensive line, interior defensive line, linebacker. Some people are saying Trey McBride might go at the end of the first round. I don't think the Packers are the team that will select him there. Um, I think they're comfortable living in that kind of like third round range. I really could see them just not addressing the position. And I don't know what that means moving forward. Like maybe they do like a guy like Burks. Um, The Pickens stuff is weird, right? So Pickens, Pickens was involved in a car crash on Sunday. This has all been reported, by the way. I don't, I don't understand why this hasn't been picked up uh, nationally when people say, you know, you're hearing a lot of buzz, right, immediately of, hey, George Pickens, you know, character concerns or, like, teams aren't totally comfortable with, like, his evaluation, whatever it is. He was involved in a crash on, on Sunday involving a former or, or a current uh, Georgia running back. It was at 4 a.m., and – that's really the entire story. There's no intoxication. Um, he wasn't the driver. The running back was the driver. They were going 20 miles over. Uh, they were going 60 and a 40, which like n- not the best, not also not like you're going to jail, right. Or anything like that. The, uh, the, the person who was hit um, went to the hospital, but sounds like they're, they're going to be okay. Um, really. I think all this just stems from like the, some guys in the NFL didn't like Jordan George Pickens, his attitude, um, you know, you see the videos that I, I think are funny, right? Like him fighting the Georgia Tech defender, throwing him into the wall, him shushing the uh, Michigan sideline, and then just like decapitating their cornerback as a run blocker, him spraying water on a Tennessee player. Those are all funny. That The spraying water is my favorite. It's just, just so subtle. It's absurd. It's just like I, I want that guy on my team just for like the comedic value of the entertainment, right? Yeah. There are some people who don't vibe with that. And all they needed to hear, right, were car crash, Sunday morning, week of the draft, 4 a.m. That's all they needed to hear, right? So it'll be interesting to see if Green Bay is one of the teams that's comfortable with their evaluation of his character or personality, however you want to frame it, because it's not like he's doing anything criminal or anything like that. Um, yeah. But certainly terrible timing to have that happen the, the week of the draft. Um, especially when everyone is, you know, flown out, right. Uh, there's really not a lot of time for conversations because a lot of these guys are like in meetings, like they, they have a draft to prepare for. They need to know, Hey, okay. What are we like exactly going to do on day three and stuff like that? Like maybe the top is settled, but um, people ripping them off the draft boards. Apparently that's real. Uh, again, I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Thornton is like their second guy drafted or something like that in, in the third round or something. Cause I don't even really think there's a lot of dudes available in the second, unless someone like a Christian Watson or a Pickens or um, Alec Pierce go a lot later than we assume. Like Pierce is a guy. I don't even know if he's going to be there for the Packers third pick right in the second um, 55 or whatever it is, 53. So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't love Tyquan Thornton, but I think you could talk me into him. It's mostly because the 42940 play speed absolutely translates on the field. I mean, there are times right. where he has the ball and just you're like, all right, bye. He's going, no one can touch you. Their quarters coverage and he's outrunning safeties and corners like it's nothing yeah. in the Big 12, which like produces, I mean, it's not it's not the Mac, 
or anything like that, right? Like all these yeah. teams are used to playing, you know, comfortable surfaces, um, you know, turf, heat, sunshine, all that. And they're just getting ran by by this dude. So, yeah, I mean, all that stuff translates. He's a smaller guy in terms of weight. He's like 180-something. He's got a big frame, though, super long arms. Like he definitely uses that to his, to his advantage, plucks balls out of the air. The big thing I think people think of with that frame is they're like, well, the Packers really like run blockers, right? We've talked to, to, at nauseum about how they like guys who are like 205 and bigger, like to run block, all that stuff. He gets after it in the run game for a small, for a skinnier dude. He's not a small dude. He's a skinnier yeah. dude. Um, so I, I kind of get it. Like I'm actually, Dobbs probably has like 20 pounds on him. Mm-hmm. I, I like Taekwon Thornton as a run blocker a lot more than Dobbs. Yeah. Um, I would rather have him than Christian Watson. Sorry to all the Christian Watson fans out there, but too. you could talk me more. You could talk me more into because again, the, I think the athletic testing for Watson, I don't always see it on the field. Again, the play speed and everything with Thornton, you, you immediately see you're like, "Yep, that guy is stupid fast." Right. And if you can't get a guy like Jamison Williams, uh, take a shot on Thornton. It would just make me sad if that's the only wide receiver they come away with because I, I still think you need someone else besides that deep threat. And I still think the way to think about runs you know, everything is being reaffirmed with what's coming out. Right. I think people are picking up the Charles cross stuff and the saints um, seems like people are picking up on Evan Neal's medicals, not necessarily being great, which means cross might be able to go above Evan Neal. Um, so like as, as high as the fifth overall pick to uh, the New York giants, right. Would be an example. Um, I think the runs are going to be edge rusher and tackle. You're going to see them fly off of the board because the second tier is just such a big drop off. It's such an important position and there's so few of them. Then you're going to see the corners and wide receivers. And I really do think Olave is going to go probably before 17 and along with him is going to be Jamison Williams and Garrett Wilson. So if the Packers aren't willing to move up for one, unless they're cool with just sitting back and taking a Traylon Burks who teams like, uh, Arizona, Dallas, I know those are teams that are probably going to end up looking at him at their picks. Um, you probably have to take him at 22. Depending on how the board shakes out, maybe you just skip out on round one wide receivers. And if you don't take Burks at 28, you know, previously we would have thought George and George, right? George Carlotta's, George Pickens, like that's the dream at, at 22 and 28. Well, now we're hearing NFL teams don't like Carlotta's like that, which doesn't make sense to me. And you're hearing, you know, George Pickens, you know, is awful a lot of draft picks. So who knows if he's even, you know, considered in Green Bay at this point. I, I, this is why I hate this time of year, man. I, I'm, I'm, conv- I'm convinced that Carlaftis stuff is smoke. You cannot tell me that guy's not a first round player. He's going to go it. top. He's going to go to the commanders and he's going to be the next Ryan Kerrigan at like 12. And we're going to stop with this nonsense. And then he's going to be great for like 10 years. Especially in a class when. No one's good. Jermaine Johnson <laughs> it might go top five. There's a real chance Jermaine Johnson goes top five. And he's he's really not that good. He's a second-round pick Ed rusher in most classes to me. So, like, I don't get that. I don't get um, Abiketti at, at, you know, 23 years old going before him. I don't get Boye Mafe potentially going before him. I don't know. Not I, only I, is Boye Mafe going to be 24, like, he only sees the field really – he only saw the field really on, like, third downs. Yeah. Like he wasn't really a three down player at Minnesota. Let me, it was the <laughs> Golden Gophers. It wasn't like he was playing for Alabama as a pass rush specialist, He's playing for a, a shit program like Minnesota. Uh, just what are we doing here, guys? If Mafe goes before Karloftis, I just, I don't understand. I get, get that he's not an exciting guy. Like on the field, he's not super flashy. And off the field, he definitely is not, but he's a very, very good player. I just want to talk about uh, a couple guys who I think should be interested uh, or should be interesting for Packers fans to keep an eye on, right? Devontae Wyatt, probably best hybrid one, three tech uh, in this draft class. Um, he's probably not as good of a nose tackle or a nose guard as Jordan Davis. The big thing with Wyatt, one, he's overaged. Um, he had academic issues, went to junior college, all that stuff, uh, ended up getting the extra year at Georgia. So that's, that's the age factor, very athletic. The other thing is uh, off-field stuff, right? So we have one domestic dispute that is on record. Um, I don't, I don't want to hashtag sources, but like there's other stuff there too. 
that teams aren't super comfortable with. He was brought in on a visit. The Packers do seem to bring in, in general, a lot of these guys who have like uh, documented red flags for visits. They don't pick a lot of them, but he's a guy who fits a position of need and is kind of like the type of guy on the field that they end up drafting. And there's honestly not very many defensive linemen. I think there's there's something like six guys who are going to go uh, in the first like four rounds, basically. And they're basically all going to go in that like uh, probably pick 20 to second round range. So one guy to keep interested, uh, keep a tab on. N'Kobe Dean, you brought him in, up. Uh, another guy, Arnold Abichetti, pass rusher out of Penn State. We talked about him a little bit. He's overage. Tyler Smith, we touched on him. Logan Hall. Logan Hall from Houston is a guy, teams like a whole lot more than the media apparently. And I understand why. He's massive. He can play on the edge. He can play on the interior. He's very athletic. There's really not that much not to like about him. He's a guy who's trending up, um, was basically a basketball athlete in high school who put on just a ton of weight throughout his college career. So it's like a lot of we see line move up. We think line is going to keep moving up. He's young, athletic. What if we get him and he ends up becoming like a Fletcher Cox type of guy, right? He's a guy I would circle as one of the Packers potential picks. Like the, the guys I just listed plus the wide receivers are the guys that I think are in the running at 22 and 28. Oh, you're muted. Sorry, I was watching the soccer and was trying not <laughs> to react. Um, I would love Logan Hall at 28. I mean, just if you can get that guy under contract for five years with that, you know, like that, we're, we're, we're trying to first round guys, we're trying to project their future success, right? Mm-hmm. And when you think of a guy that still has like upside and ways to go and fully developing, like you're already seeing the flashes on tape now. And if you can get him to be where he needs to be, depending on where you want to put him too. I mean, there's potential for that guy to be something special. And I, I think that's what you use first round picks on. Again, I, I with the first round, especially, I'm starting to just get to the point where it's like, I don't care what positions you take. Just pick the damn good players. Please don't let these guys go past. Because this is a class where you're not going to find a lot of those guys. And you've got two opportunities to get the good players. So would really like to see a guy like Logan Hall at 20. Yeah. I would, I would love it. Um, that's, that's why I don't even hate like the, the Trey Smith pick, right? Um, we're talking about an offensive Tyler lineman. Smith. Tyler Smith, my bad. Um, the Tyler Smith. Hey, pick, it's a Tyler. Like... It's not a tie. It is a Tyler. So remember that. So, he, so he is, he's, he's, he's certified good. Yeah, he's certified good. His name is Tyler, not Ty. He's a guy. I'm like, okay, you're gonna play two contracts for the Packers. That's a good pick in the first round. Like nothing to complain about. Probably not the highest of upsides, but like maybe that saves you some millions of dollars with Elton Jenkins. Can you find an Elton Jenkins trade? Like all these things are still on the table right now. They talked about how, you know, Gary and uh, Gary and Savage's fifth year options aren't going to be decided until post-draft because they want to see how this shakes out. I'm at the point I will make one exception. Okay. I know quarterback running back. They're not going to get drafted, right? Tight end. It's not, it's not going to happen. The one position. I don't want to see in the first round. I don't want to see a safety. I don't want to <laughs> pay the damn safeties. They're money. They're solid safeties. Keep the defense yep. together. I don't, I don't get it. You have the money. Why are we rebuilding? And the difference between a good safety to a great safety isn't that drastic. It doesn't have that drastic of an impact. I would rather use that money elsewhere and those resources. The other thing too, is like a lot of these safeties, like their best play is in the slot. So you look at the top four guys, right? I guess we could talk about the top five because they brought in Brisker. Kyle Hamilton, he's not going to be there, right? Period. He's just not, even though he ran a 4-7. Like his floor is probably the Houston Texans at 13 or wherever they're picking. Daxon Hill and Jalen Petrie are very fun players. They Their best reps come in the slot. slot. Jair Alexander is our slot now. He's our slot. Why are we drafting another slot so that they can play better in dime defense? No, get out of here. Lewis Seen is a true safety. He would be fun. He would be a guy. He would be the one I would be the most happiest with if they do go safety at either 22. You'd be mad, but also happy. Yeah, I'd be like, look, I'd be that meme of the like, he's got that dog in him, right? 
I, I'd just be happy enough that like this dude's just taking off dudes' heads. And then Jaquan Brisker, who's probably going second round, almost certainly going second round from Penn State. They they brought him in on the visit. So those are the top five safeties. Those are really the only top 100 locks guys who are going to go in the first three rounds. I think I think Hamilton Hill and Scene probably go first round, depending on how the end of it shakes out. Like Hill and Scene are going to be the tail end, while Hamilton is going to go in the first half. And then Petrie and Brisker, I think, are the guys who are going to go. Uh, I think Petrie's going early second round, and then Brisker will go second round yeah. at some point. I think he won't go first simply because of his age, because he's been at Baylor. He's been at Baylor since Matt Rule, right? Like he's been there for oh, minute. good lord. That's that's been a while then. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, Oof. he's one of those COVID seniors, I think. Oh, any any he's part my of guy thoughts? though? Oh, oh go ahead. Oh, oh, I was gonna say Petrie's my guy. I'll root for him wherever he plays. He's going to be a good player. I just don't really get his fit in Green Bay. I really, I just really don't. Same I agree. thing with Hill. I think he's going to be a really good slot. Whoever ends up taking him, the Packers don't really need a slot. They don't. Not the way that the cornerback room is shaking out. Yeah, once the Packers signed Rasul Douglas, I knew that dream was dead. Any parting thoughts? Say your piece with this draft. At least until uh, we're on the clock. Dear Brian Gutekunst, please... Please draft good players. I don't care what positions they play. Just just, just take the guys that are good at the football. I want a Super Bowl very badly, and it would be nice to get one before Rodgers retires. Thank you. I'm pretty much happy with anything. We have all the draft capital in the world, right? It's going to be pretty hard yeah. to come out of this bump. Things I'm rooting against. Please don't draft an abuser. Don't, don't want one on my team. Yes. Jaron Reed is bad enough. Two, uh, I don't want the 25-year-old tackle from Hungary or whatever, from Central, French, Central Michigan. I saw that mock to Green Bay at 22. Just take Smith. Take Smith instead. He's four years younger. He's just as athletic. I agree. He's just as good. And then three, no safeties. For the love of God, no safeties. Pay the damn safeties. I, I, want Adrian, I don't want Adrian Amos ever not playing for my football team. Ever. I love him. Period. Love him. He's got that dog in him. Oh, he's also not no longer a bear, which is even bonus points. He left Chicago to go play for Green Bay and has kicked ass ever since coming in, in for the Packers. So he also has the Baltimore accent, which keeps me entertained in uh, when I'm watching the the pressers and stuff like that. The ooze, the ooze. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, next time you'll hear from us, we'll probably be on a live stream that we're going to be hosting. Um, we'll get that up on the site during the draft. I'm also going to be popping into the SB Nation uh, NFL stuff from the SB Nation official account for their Twitter spaces during the first round. Um, I think that'll start at 10 p.m. Eastern, I believe, is, is when that'll start. And uh, you'll hear from us pretty immediately after the draft. Read us on the site. Keep in tune to anything. We'll keep you up to date with you know any rumors that we end up saying not a lot of smoke coming out of Green Bay in recent weeks, other than people vaguely just saying, like, I don't know. What if they don't take a wide receiver? Which I have come to peace with at this point. Yeah, same. See you after uh, 22 and 28, guys. Woo!